Hello, and welcome to another episode of the How to Scale a Business podcast. My name is Hector Santia Esteban, and today we are here with David Geralt, and he is someone who is uh, is going to talk to us about acquisition. And we're going to talk about how to either get into entrepreneurship by acquiring a business, or how you might be able to scale your business by acquiring it as well. So, David, welcome to the show. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Oh, thanks so much, Hector. I appreciate the invite. Looking forward to chatting. Before we hit the record button, you mentioned that you had kind of seen all facets of entrepreneurship, solopreneur, building a small team, having an organization, going back to the beginning. You've had a, multiple lives, it seems, as an entrepreneur. So catch us up a little bit on kind of what that's been like and then how and why maybe you see acquisitions as this new landscape that you're becoming passionate and spending more time with. Yeah. So I'm much older than I look. I've been around the entrepreneurial world for uh, close to 30 years now. Uh, started off early in my career as, as a practicing attorney doing doing business law stuff. And and then I've been in the entrepreneurial world for, gosh, going on 25 years. So in that, we built a business to $100 million in revenue as an international import-export company, Commodities Brokerage, and exited that, went into franchising for a while, started that from scratch, built a team, built an organization, Built that to about seven times from, from a standing start in a few years. And then doing kind of consulting stuff as a solopreneur as well. So yeah, been all around the scope of that. Spent a little time actually as an entrepreneur in residence at a university here in Texas a few years back at Trinity University on for, for Trinity Entrepreneurship. And in teaching budding entrepreneurs how to start businesses from scratch, I realized how many of them are just really kind of ramming their head against a wall over and over and over again. And about the same time, got turned on to this idea of acquisition entrepreneurship. It was becoming interesting back at that time, about five years ago. A guy named Carl Allen had started a program, started following Carl. Credit to, to something that Carl said that really lit the spark in me. And that is, you, you can go through all of this pain and struggle of starting a business from scratch and having to get your first dollar and then your second dollar and then your third dollar of, of investment and then revenue. Or you can go out and you can find a business in the field of your innovation and that's cash flowing and it's paying all the bills and you can buy that business and you can have instant cash flow and operations and fund your own startup. And I went, wow, mind blown. So that's really kind of what turned me on to it. And I've been mostly focused kind of in that area uh, for the last two or three years. I love the idea of acquisition entrepreneurship. It's such a, a cool term, frankly. It sounds, sounds awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I remember when I heard it, I thought, why didn't we think of this first? Why was the all of the advice to go out and start your own thing? It just it makes so much sense. And the other side of it, I thought, well, maybe it is just a natural progression of, you mentioned five years ago, people trying to figure it out and then realizing that there is an easier way. So I'm curious for you, how does someone decide or is there a, a decision-making process that someone can go through to decide, do I start my own thing or do I acquire something else that's already been started? I think it's a bit of an individual choice. And I don't know that one or the other is right or wrong as much as they're just two sides of the same coin. I mean, for me, because I'm not a sales and marketing guy, I'm a finance and operations guy. So the idea of going out there and getting that first sale is a fate worse than death. I'd rather be pecked to death by a duck than have to go make a sales call, right? And so for folks that are really sales-oriented, that really are comfortable going out there and aggressively pounding the pavement and finding those opportunities, then maybe starting from scratch isn't that daunting to them. 
because they can go out there and they can generate revenue, you know, at the snap of a finger in some instances. But for me, that's just not the case. So I'd rather find something that has a sales organization of some form or fashion and acquire it and then redirect it, move it into what I'd like it to be and use that existing organization and use that to build the team. So yeah, I think it's like I said, it's it's two sides of the same coin. And it's just which whether you like the cool state emblems on the back of the quarter or you like George Washington on the front. Yeah, it's such a cool topic because perhaps the biggest thing for me was that I had no idea. I didn't even know that you could do something like that, or I didn't even know things like that were possible. Are there any cool stories like that or or any ways that you feel are easy to kind of help someone to see the opportunity? Because there's so many different ways that you can do it. There's so many different, you'll call them tricks or strategies or whatever, but there's so many different avenues to do it. Is there something that you look back on or that you're fond of or think of that that kind of helps to open people's eyes in this regard? Yeah, there's tons of stuff out there. I I think the other piece that maybe we haven't touched on that I think makes the acquisition side so interesting versus starting from scratch is it's really hard to fund a startup unless you're just scraping quarters out of the couch cushions and asking your aunts and uncles and cousins to throw in a few dollars. That first friends and family piece of launching a business or burning through your own savings to do it is just so... It's really so risky, I would say, to really take those relationships you've been spending your whole life building and then add the stress of a business venture into that because uh, you know a family member or a close family friend has, has agreed to fund you. And contrast that with going out and acquiring an existing business that has an existing cash flow stream and existing assets. Banks loan money against assets and cash flow streams all day long. And so to be able to use that as the tool and to be able to get financing from traditional lenders, from investors that are not friends and family, because they can look at a business and say, yeah, I see the history of this business and I see what you're going to do. And, and I'm willing to, uh, I'm willing to bet on that because there's a return right away versus a return in two, three, five, 10 years. Yeah. It always seems like a shorter path. So let's kind of demystify this because I think that there is, it also sounds like a black box or like, a oh, that's not for me kind of thing. Or I don't have, right? I think that like right away, people start making up all the excuses of why they can't do it. Is that something that you run into with some of the clients that you work with, the people that you work with? Yeah. And I think totally, I mean, the, the part that I was just talking about, right? The finance piece. And maybe because I come from a background in finance, I spent probably the last 10 years as a consulting chief financial officer and gone out and funded probably just a hair under $100 million in debt financing for small and middle market businesses. So going out and talking to bankers and asking them for money and getting turned down over and over again, but still going back, it is that part doesn't scare me the way the sales part does. But I think for a lot of folks, the numbers frighten them. Being able to sit down and look at a business and analyze it and figure out what is the monster in the closet in this business that may jump out and scare me in the middle of the night, that can definitely be intimidating. But there's help for that. I mean, that's our firm that we've launched is actually focused on doing that, just that. We're here to help and support businesses, folks that want to do acquisitions but aren't really sure what due diligence means or how to do it or where to go find funding or even... A lot of folks that get into acquisition entrepreneurship, maybe they've been in a sales organization in the corporate world or they've been in operations in the corporate world, but they've not 
been exposed to the whole piece of running the business. To be a business owner, the corporate world and even the university world to some degree in training managers and training folks in business school is really focused on making you a specialist. And when you become the business owner, you've got to throw off that specialist mantle. You've got to be a generalist. You've got to know enough about HR to have a conversation with the HR manager and manage that person. You've got to know enough about sales and marketing to manage your VP of sales and marketing and call BS on stuff and give direction and strategy. You've got to be able to have the conversation with your banker and with your investors about the numbers and understand the KPIs that your CFO is, is putting in front of you. You've got to understand the operations guy and, and when he's talking about you know optimization on the factory floor, what does that mean or whatever. So you've got to flip that narrative from being a specialist to being a generalist. And that's tough. But that's another piece of what we've got with our coaching programs. We'll, we can help businesses as folks make that transition from a specialist in, in a business to being the generalist business owner to really coach them through that and help them see the blind spots. I tried it, David, this first half of the conversation, I really wanted to frame as a as a way to convince, is, seems like the wrong word, but open people's eyes <laughs> to this. And at, when we get back from break, I would love to talk about if someone has said, okay, this is a good idea, but now what? How do I get started? Or what, what do I need to prepare? Or what are the steps to kind of be thinking about? Or, I'd love to talk about that for the second half of the conversation. And so we're going to get into that right after this quick break. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in today. Today's episode is brought to you by Amplify Media, and we are a content and podcast production company, but we like to think of ourselves as genius makers. So if you have a passion, a purpose, a a mission, a message, something that you want to get out to the world, but don't have the time, the tech skills, or the team to be able to do it, we might be able to help. Go to amplifymedia.com. That's A-M-P-L-A-F-Y media.com. You can also check the show notes for the link. And with that, let's get back to today's episode. Okay, David. So you mentioned that you, this is kind of what you do. You guys have coaching and training programs. You actually help people to go through these steps. I'd love for you to kind of provide, whether it's a framework or a recipe or some steps, at least for, we can't cover everything in the next 10, 15 minutes, but at least so some people could take from today and at least get started. Is there something that they can do in that regard? Yeah. I mean, I go back to actually a program I was involved in a a few years back, the Action Coach program, a guy named Brad Sugars. And Brad teaches about having a kind of a process, uh, what he calls his formula for success. The formula goes dreams times goals times learning times plan times action. And set some goals for themselves. I want to whatever, have a create a plan by the third quarter of this year. I want to buy a business by the end of the year. I want to buy a business by the end of the quarter. Whatever that number is, set those goals. And then the key piece that Brad talks about is that middle piece, the L, the learning. Go set the goal. If you set a goal of something you already know how to do, then that's really not a goal. That's just a to-do item, right? So if you're setting that goal of, I want to know how to buy a business then go and learn all you can. There's tons of books out there. It has a great book, Buy First, Then Build, I think it's called. Harvard Business Review has a book on acquisition entrepreneurship. Just go at Google or, or go to Amazon and plug in you know, buying businesses and pick up some books and, and do some learning. Look at the programs that are out there. I highly recommend coaching and training programs. I think they're a fabulous way to go. And again, there's a ton of great ones out there. And I've been through one. I've looked at several other ones. And uh, does it really matter? Honestly, I don't think which one you do. Find the one that fits you. Find the one that fits your pace and your interests and learn what to do and create a plan. And then at the end of the day, that very last multiplier is action. Take action. 
go do it. Screwing it up is very seldom fatal. So the most important thing and probably the thing I see the most in people as I watch these programs go is there's a ton of people who go sign up for the program and they're all into the learning. They're all into the motivation and the excitement of learning how to do a new thing, but they never take any action. And they can talk a great game, but they're not actually going out there and doing it. So that's the other piece that you've got to do. It's just take some action, get off the couch and actually do it. Yeah. It's so refreshing to hear that because someone hears acquiring a business and perhaps it is complicated, but perhaps it doesn't have to be either, right? I mean, at least from what I'm hearing is that there is a way to simplify it. There is a way to kind of baby or at least take the appropriate necessary steps when you're supposed to take those steps. Yeah, there's all kinds of resources out there. I mean, this is buying and selling businesses is not new. This is not an innovation. Somebody didn't come wake up last week and decide, oh my God, we can buy and sell businesses on the planet. Businesses being bought and sold for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And all the way from the Wall Street level and multi-billion dollar transactions, all the way down to the local mom and pop taco restaurant down the street that someone just sold to their niece and nephew because they're ready to retire and move on. You know, this happens every day and it's, it's a fabulous time. And I think you and I were talking before we started the recording about kind of why now. I think a big piece of why now is the baby boomers. Everybody is looking at the retirement of the baby boomers. The largest transfer of wealth in the history of the world has got to happen in the next 10 to 15 years. More baby boomer businesses have to transition in the next 15 years than have ever happened in a 15-year period in history of business. And so there's massive opportunities out there because number one, the Gen Xers, me and my folks, we're a small group. We can't do all of it. The millennials are a large group. The Gen Zers are coming up. Gen Zers in particular are very entrepreneurial or at least very non-traditional jobs. I will say. They don't necessarily know that means they're entrepreneurial sometimes, but they are. Uh, They really do have a self-sufficiency mindset that's very, I think, consistent with entrepreneurship. And so, yeah, it's it's available for everybody. And and, uh, there was a survey done by an organization called B2B CFO a number of years ago. They surveyed the Inc. 5000 winners for several years in a row. And something like less than 30% of the businesses in the Inc. 5000 had a very clear transition plan of either a family family member or a senior member of management that was ready to take over the business. 70% of the businesses had no transition plan or no one in the organization or in the family that they felt can step up and take over the businesses. All those businesses have to be sold. I've had clients for years and some of them were their boomers and, and they're moving on in their business. And I had a guy one time say, well, I don't, I don't ever want to leave my business. And I looked at him and I said, you know, buddy, you can take that attitude, but everybody leaves their business. Some people leave standing up and some people leave feet first, but they all leave. There's an exit. There's a transition. And it's going to happen whether you're prepared for it or not. So on the seller side, you need to be getting prepared. And on the buyer side, we need to have buyers out there that are ready and equipped to take on these businesses. I mean, our economy depends on it. Mm, So valuable. David, if people want to go and, and learn more about you or get deeper in your world, where's the best place to do that? Yeah, well, they can always find me on LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash in slash David Jarrell. And uh, I'm sure in the comments, you'll have the spelling of my name. So you can always find me on LinkedIn and, and connect with me there. And our advisory venture that we've just stood up that's really focused on 
supporting people in the due diligence process of buying businesses, supporting them in funding for those businesses, and then supporting their transition into business ownership with business coaching is called Buy and Build Advisors. That's Buy and spelled out, B-U-Y-A-N-D-B-U-I-L-D, advisors.com. So they can find us there. We'll be ready, willing, and able to help them with the process of actually acquiring and closing on and running the businesses. I love it. And we'll link all that up in the show notes as well. So go get check that out. I want to thank you listeners for sticking with us and being with us here today and being part of the How to Scale a Business tribe. We appreciate it as always. We'll see you on the next one. Later, y'all.